I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. That music doesn't get old, does it? Lots of people, I hooked on to that song through the podcast, or at least I hope that's the case. But anyway, I want to get to, uh, coming to you, not live, but pre-recorded. On a what I hope still for you is a beautiful Sunday afternoon slash evening slash night. A lot happened in the five days that we've been gone since last Tuesday, mostly because we had two leagues wrap up their years. Uh, actually, back to back days. Those leagues, of course, would be the NBA and the NHL. And we, even though I'm not a big hockey watcher, we are going to get to both of them in this episode. So why uh, why don't we get started? We're going to begin with the NBA Finals, which wrapped up on Thursday, I want to say. Thursday? No, Friday. Friday. Uh, And it ended in surprising some people, but eh, a sweep. The... Warriors defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers in the series four to nothing. Uh, just looking at what happened in each game, I mean, game three, it was just about the Warriors' depth being able to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland. I think everyone knew going back to Cleveland, the Warriors were going to have to take the first punch. Usually, the Warriors are the ones giving the first punch, but the Cavs have always been a strong team at home, especially with the adrenaline you get from playing in front of your home crowd, and we saw that. I mean, their their bench guys came out hot in Game 3, and the same, or, they came out really hot in Game 3, uh, but the Warriors, their depth showed, and the Cavs started to really tire in the second half. The Warriors got really clean looks inside. Durant with the killer three at the end of the game. Uh, we actually, I thought what was interesting is, Durant's iso ball, which most people, and including myself, criticized a little bit during the Houston series, came back to be really good. Because when Steph scores 11 points and Clay scores 10 points, uh, you're going to have to take over. And that's what the luxury that Durant gives the Warriors is that he can do that. Uh, and they don't have to worry. Because without Durant, they get blown out in that game, no question. Uh, so it, it's something that the Warriors are very fortunate to have, and Durant really carried them. In game three, uh, game four, it's actually a pretty similar story. I mean, the Cavs uh, were able to hold their ground for a little bit, but LeBron. Something interesting was LeBron didn't really take over these last couple of games like he has in game one and game two. I mean, we expect him to do everything for his team, and when he does, but not to the level we think, uh, we don't really notice it just because he's so great. But it's it's just not the same. And the Cavs can't win unless he is absolutely brilliant. Like, the game they came closest to winning, either they needed everyone to step up, which happened in Game 3 for a little bit, or Game 1, where he gets a 50-point double-double and, like, 9 assists or whatever. So, without that, the Warriors were able to pretty easily take Game 4. And the Cavs in Game 4, it it was just something about them. They looked really lethargic. It looked like they had just resigned to the fact that they were going to lose the series and there was nothing they could do uh, to contend with Golden State. Uh, They were not getting the 50-50 balls that you need to get to show heart 
uh, in order to beat a Golden State team. They were not getting major contributions from their role players. They weren't really getting major contributions from anyone except for LeBron. Uh, even, uh, well, everyone, really. And the Warriors just blew them away. Uh, the Warriors, uh, we saw uh, Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green starting to hit threes, which they weren't haven't really been doing this playoffs. Uh, and that's just the perfect storm of Golden State. The third quarter, they continued to dominate every almost every third quarter in this series, and they their game four was no different. Uh, they held the Cavs to thirteen points in the fourth quarter, reminiscent of the nine point quarter that they held Houston to back in sometime in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, so the Cavs were beaten down by game four, and and you could see that's the toll that having LeBron do everything takes on not only LeBron, but once LeBron is a little bit worn down, then everyone else feels the effects. And at that point, they're no match for Golden State. That's why, I, in my opinion, I mean, I think this having the Celtics would have been a better series if Celtics had won the Eastern Conference Finals, just because you get uh, more, more energy, more youth, more good youth. Like, uh, young guys like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, they didn't really step up in this series. And that's what we might have gotten from Boston. So the Golden State Warriors win another championship that makes it their third in fourth in four years. 2015, 2017, now 2018. And they are the best team of this era or this decade, this generation. And I'm biased because I'm a Warriors fan, but the, the Warriors winning another championship and appearing to win this one so easily, I mean, despite or despite the Rockets series, which obviously everyone recognized was tough, I mean, recency bias, seeing the finals, watching the Warriors just steamroll the Cavs, just says that it appears to be bad. But I think it, it's almost like the Warriors are not nearly as dominant as the Yukon Huskies in, in, in women's college basketball. But, I, I mean, I think you can draw some parallels. I mean, people think women Yukon is bad for women's basketball. People think the Warriors are bad for NBA basketball. But, I mean, let's, let's take a look at it. More people are watching women's college basketball because of Yukon. I don't think anyone disputes that. I don't think anyone's... It, it, what, what it does is maybe it repulses some of the more intimate fans, but you're going to draw in a broader crowd if you've got this team. It's like, look, they're going for a 100-game winning streak. Uh, let's let's tur- let's tune in and, and watch how great they are. The Warriors are a similar deal, and you might say, well, like, how, what new fans are they drawing? I mean, it's, it's the NBA. It's already really popular. But when you look how the NBA has changed globally in the last few years, look at Golden State. Golden State's got a huge fan base in China. Uh, with Clay Thompson signing with the Chinese shoe brand and, and the Warriors just being really popular there. And elsewhere, people, international audiences who are maybe new to basketball, kind of like American audiences that are new to women's college basketball, they want to see the Warriors play. And, and they're drawn to that. It's, it's beautiful, honestly. Uh, and for the growth of the game, for moving the game into the modern era, like the NFL seems to be stuck in the past a little bit, moving the NBA into the modern era, that's what the Warriors are good for. Uh, and, and that's why I don't think that even though they've won three out of the last four championships and this one appeared really easy, uh, I don't I don't think they're necessarily bad for the NBA. Plus, uh, with UConn, with when even when they had the the winning streak, you had teams coming up to challenge them. Look, UConn hasn't won the championship 
uh, the last uh, either last two years or two out of three years. But South Carolina won the championship uh, a few years ago, and uh, Miss or Mississippi State won it a few years ago, and I someone else won it this year. I forgot who it was, but uh, the the point is there were teams. There are teams coming up under UConn that are improving because they see this juggernaut that they need to beat. And the same thing's happening with the Warriors. It's not like everyone else is super far down. The Cavs are in decline. The Celtics, the Cavs are in decline and they still got to the finals with the Warriors. The Celtics uh, were missing two of their best stars and they are almost able to beat the Cavs. So if you imagine they have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, now that might change in a few months, we'll talk about later. But if they if they have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, they can put up a good fight against Golden State. They can win two or three games. The Rockets almost beat the Warriors in the series. They had them uh, down three two. Teams like the Timberwolves, a great young core with Cat and Wiggins, uh, etc. The Jazz have a nice young core as well. Gobert, Ingles, uh, Rubio's coming into his own in Utah, or has come into his own in Utah as well. I mean, the Raptors are still. I mean, the point is there are a bunch of teams that can beat the Warriors, like the Warriors were the second seed this year, uh, not the first seed. It's not like they can't be beat. A few free agency moves here and there, Chris Paul not getting injured, the Rockets are in the NBA Finals, and maybe they're the ones sweeping the Cavs, and, and we have a whole new storyline. So there's, there's no real issue that I have with parity in the NBA. Some other just stories coming out of the NBA Finals, I think the biggest story coming out of the NBA Finals uh, is what is LeBron gonna do next? I, I, I've heard you know I've heard everything. Uh, let's let's see like who is LeBron gonna sign with? I've heard reports that he will sign with the Sixers. I've heard reports that he will sign with the Celtics. I've heard reports that he'll sign with the Rockets, the Spurs. I mean, there's just something that just came out about how Greg Popovich might be recruiting LeBron James. I personally would like to see him go to Philadelphia. I, I just think, for starters, the turnaround from the Philadelphia a few years to go to a Philadelphia team that is good enough to recruit LeBron James, I think that would just be funny, uh, and it would be it would be good for the league because you get these young guys with LeBron, the, the greatest role model you could possibly have in the NBA. Uh, and the Philadelphia Sixers have a lot of players they can move. Uh, yeah, Markel Fultz is definitely movable. J.J. Redick is a vet that's movable. Uh, Ilya Sova is a player that's movable. I, that way you can keep Embiid and Simmons and maybe Dario Saric. So this is a strong contender for LeBron, and I think he would balance out a lot of the power of the league and make the Sixers a good team. Uh, another option that I've heard that's also very interesting is the Celtics. Like, if you were able to retain Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and get LeBron, that would be involved moving Horford and probably either Tatum or Brown to, an, to, the, to the Cavs. I mean, it would be really chaotic because you just had the Cavs and the Celtics making that trade just a little while ago uh, with Kyrie. So I, I don't know how that would necessarily, the details of that, but it would make Boston the best team in the league. And no, or at least in the Eastern Conference by a ton. Uh, and we'd have two superpowers with the Celtics and the Warriors again, uh, with LeBron changing the balance of power. I think that could be an interesting landing spot for him. I think it could work, personally. Uh, and then the most intriguing one is probably Houston. 
Because if I were LeBron, I would want to stay in the Eastern Conference. Because look, I've had a free path to the finals eight consecutive years. I don't want to give, even though I'm declining, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to give that up. But if he wants to go to a contender, Houston is the place to go. Houston has a ton of good players they can move. Uh, Eric Gordon, Trevor Ariza, uh, that's like a, a and, and Gerald Green. Gerald Green, that's like a young, sorry about that, that's a young core right there for a team that's trying to build. And, and I don't see why you don't take that offer if you're Houston. Uh, if you want to compete with the Warriors right now, that's the move you make. Because, like, imagine the starting lineup. Clint Capella, James Harden, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and some four. Sorry, I can't imagine right now. But the point is, that's that's a deadly lineup, and I don't see how you turn that down if you're Daryl Morey. Uh, plus, LeBron adds a great mid-range game for them, which they obviously don't have. Uh, there's a few other rumors out there. Um, I think... I, I don't know if he would go to the Spurs. I mean, I, I think the Spurs are kind of aging a little bit, and I don't know if that's a long-term option for LeBron if he wants to win right now. Uh, just their franchise has been a little interesting the last year or so and something you don't normally say with them. So LeBron James, lots of topics. That'll probably end up in a few quick takes uh, here and there. Uh, let's see. What else is there to talk about? So back to the worries a little bit. Uh I'm excited to see how this Warriors team moves forward. Uh, they've got a lot of free agents coming up uh, this period. And there's the, the way that they re-sign, that they maybe revamp their roster, I, I'm curious to see what it'll be. Okay, first of all, biggest one, Kevin Durant. He's already announced that he intends to re-sign with the Warriors, and I have no doubt he will. Just the question is, what's the cap going to look like after he signs with them? Because he's going to probably want to hop on either two years or long term. So uh, it's not going to be super easy to retain everyone else once you get him. Also, the whole deal with Clay Thompson maybe signing an extension. Uh, I I hope he takes a pay cut to sign with the war back with the Warriors. Uh, I don't know if he'll take that big of a pay cut. I mean, he's he's a human. He wants money. But after you, and, and then after you look at those two, which who are probably going to sign back with the Warriors, you start to look at guys. Okay, so I'm just reading off the list. Nick Young, Zaza, David West, JaVale McGee, Kaval Looney, Pat McCaw. How many of those guys do you keep? If I have to make an early prediction, uh, I'm going to say they keep, um, you have to keep JaVale McGee. I think he just adds something to your team that you don't, plus I just love JaVale, but he adds something to your team that no one else in this roster really does, which is the run the floor, energy guy, play above the rim. The Warriors don't have that many guys like that. I say you want to either keep McCarr or Nick Young. Uh, just having some extra depth that's familiar with the system is going to be good for them. Uh, but other than that, I mean, every guy on this roster that's going to be a free agent is pretty dispensable. I mean, none of them added, like, a huge boost to your team this year. Uh, like, Zaza barely played in, in the NBA Finals at all. So, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those, uh, some of those guys go. So that's our talk for the NBA this year. It was a good year, good season. Uh, hopefully, we can cover another next year. Uh, so, signing off for the NBA. Next is the other final that happened this week that wrapped up. 
which was the Stanley Cup final in the NHL. Uh, now, I'm no hockey buff. I will be the first to admit that. But that doesn't mean I can't talk about some of the implications of what happened. So if you missed it, the winner in the hockey universe were the Washington Capitals out of D.C., led by Alexander Ovechkin, their vet captain. Uh, the, the, the Capitals won the series 4-1, to one, wrapping up Game 5 in Las Vegas against the uh, expansion Golden Knights. We'll talk about that later. First of all, it's just nice to see the Capitals get rid of their demons. The last, uh, ever since I can remember, uh, I, I don't want. I hadn't watched hockey very much, but I watched Sports Center, and I see every single year the Caps could never get past the second round of the playoffs. Uh, we hear stories about is Ovechkin a choker? Uh, can he play on the biggest stage? And clearly, he proved that he can. Uh, scoring a goal, scored a goal in the closeout game. Phenomenal playoffs. Uh, so it's it's great to see them finally prevail uh, over and get that championship so we can start to talk about, we see similar debates in the NBA where it's like, how many rings do you have? Well, we could talk, finally talk about Ovechkin in a similar light with guys like Sidney Crosby, who has two rings, uh, his, his rival, one of the biggest rivals in the league. And, and it's good to see that the Capitals were able to avenge their previous playoff losses. Also, they they were just nice after the championship. Uh, they came to the Nationals ballpark and were had the cup. They're kissing it and throwing out the first pitch. Ovechkin actually took two tries to get the first pitch across home plate. It was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, good good story coming out of Washington. Now Las Vegas, I think this is a big uh, one of the biggest headlines coming out of the hockey universe this year uh, because normally expansion teams in any league don't do well. The NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when they started, were a huge story. The New York Mets were a story. Uh, but we're starting to see the tide turn a little. And I and with uh, the, the parity of leagues that's become really prominent in certain places, uh, that's how you end up with teams like this. In, in MLS, where parity is, is key, I mean, teams that can win the Cup go to not making the playoffs next year. And when that... As a result of that, you get expansion teams like Atlanta United, who in their first year were one of the best teams in the league. And now you get the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, almost won the Stanley Cup in their first year of existence. And, and why does this happen? This happens because uh, whenever there's an expansion team, there's an expansion draft in which every team says, okay, we want to retain these players and we're going to put up these players for the draft. And then the new expansion team drafts which of those players they like. Now what happens is when you have a league that's very top-heavy, when you have really, really good players and really, really bad players, the, the, bad, the good players end up being retained, and then now the bad players have to be taken. But when you have a league with a lot of parity, you have a bunch of solid veteran uh, ath- like good athletes that are coming out in the expansion draft. And now Vegas has an entire roster full of those guys. Um, and they were able to build a, a chemistry quickly, which they should get a lot of credit for. That's not something that's easy to do. Uh, come up with a, a winning identity early on like that. Uh, but they were able to do so. Uh, and as a result, they ran their way through the regular season. They ran their way through the playoffs up until they came up against the Caps. Uh, so Vegas is 
as a result, the expansion draft, they're really built to last, and they're going to be back. Uh, I'm not going to, I would, they're definitely going to, they should make the playoffs next year. I don't know what the odds are, so I'll have to check that. But they, Vegas is good enough, and they have enough talent on their roster to come back and make another run next year. Uh, so I'm ex- I'm excited to to follow that in the years to come. Last major topic, last championship, so to speak, is the Triple Crown. Uh, on Saturday, the horse Justify became the 13th Colt to win the Triple Crown, which is the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. If you can win all three of those, you get the Triple Crown. Only 13 horses have done it, and Justify was the latest to do so yesterday. Lots of stories coming out of the uh, this win. First of all, Justify was one of the least experienced horses to go into the Kentucky Derby. I think uh, not racing as a two-year-old was the storyline that came out of it. And yet, just the pure talent, the pure speed from that horse got an easy victory in the Belmont, the last race of the Triple Crown. It was wire-to-wire, too. It's very, very impressive. If you haven't seen it, uh, just Google it. It's on, it's on Twitter. It's on the videos. It's only three minutes long. It's definitely worth a watch. Very interesting race. Uh, but why the Triple Crown is so tough, no one did it for 40 years, because to have the kind of stamina for a horse to be able to last that long and beat a lot of horses that, during the Belmont, are running their first race in a long time, to be able to beat all them requires a special type of horse. And that's what Justify was, especially considering at during the race, Justify started in the position closest to the rail, which is, a, I think, I'm pretty sure it's historically the hardest position. No Triple Crown win, winner has, or I think no horse has won from that position since Secretariat did in, in 1975. So it's very tough to win from there. And Justify is a historically great horse. An interesting thing I saw, though, Secretariat, the historic horse that had a movie at and made after, actually would have beaten Justify by 25 lengths, which goes to show how historic that horse is if you haven't heard of that story. But nonetheless, uh, so the Triple Crown is over. Oh, another interesting story. Uh, Rob Gron- a horse named after Rob Gronkowski finished second place. Uh, and as a result, Gronk and his brothers won a lot of money, placing $69 bets. Just leave it at that. And it's very exciting. I hope I hope Gronk had a good time with that. I sure did. Now, the Triple Crown is... Horse racing in general is a very interesting deal. Horse racing has always kind of lived on the outskirts of sports, at least for me, mostly because... A lot of it has to do with betting. I mean, play the ponies is a is a actual is an actual turn of phrase. And I it with the legalization of sports betting in the last month, I, I could see horse racing starting to make a little more comeback into the sports conscience. We didn't really want to talk about it just in general as a society because of its relationship with betting, especially on mainstream sports networks. 
But hey, it's an exciting thing. I mean, you get two minutes of just watching horses run as fast as they can, and often photo finishes might be be where a photo term photo finish came from. But it's exciting. It's an exciting sport, even if it can be cruel sometimes. So curious to see how horse racing comes out. But it was a good championship season uh, for all the horses. Congratulations to Justify, of course, for winning for winning it all. Quick take today. Continuing on the LeBron sweepstakes, Kevin Love via Bleacher Report. Kevin Love wants to stay with Cavaliers, finish career with LeBron James. Um, so if Kevin Love wants to win with the Cavaliers, he needs to sit LeBron down and beg him to stay with the Cavs. I think that's part of what this quote was, because every, every, most, 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 I should say most, most moves players make with the media, with the press, are calculated. You know, you talk with your agent, what message do we want to get across in general? Uh, and if Love says something like this, he's probably doing something along the lines of, look, LeBron, I really want you to stay, and I want you to stay so much that I'm going to tell the whole media that I want you to stay, because if you don't stay, I can't win. I also believe that Kevin Love doesn't necessarily have to win with Cleveland because they've already got it. If the Warriors had beaten them in 2016, this might be a totally different story. But Kevin Love's already won a championship with Cleveland. I don't really believe him when he says he wants to finish his career out in Cleveland. I think that's just a PR move. Uh, I honestly think he could fit in well with so many other places that are better 3 and D teams uh, as opposed to the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially Sans LeBron. You've got basically nothing uh, without him. So, yeah, it's an interesting quote, uh, but, you know, yeah, good luck with that. Thanks so much for listening on this short rest version of The Wong Takes. Uh, bit.ly slash The Wong Takes. You can see full archives of the show, uh, etc. Patreon.com slash The Wong Takes. The Wong Takes at gmail.com. Questions, voicemails, etc. You know what the deal is. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Read the podcast, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play. And I will see you, I can do plugs pretty quick, next week.